Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I've got a very inspiring guest on the show. She has a very wonderful story to share and a lot of value to add to the world. Her name is Chelsea Pottinger. She's a student in psychology. She's a mental health ambassador, a mindfulness and meditation coach. And you know I'm huge about mindfulness and meditation and mental health on the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. And she's also a mum. Now, I know you're going to take a lot of value from today's show. And if you do, please do tell a friend about the episode. Also, take a screenshot and post it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Chelsea. I'll have her Instagram handle in the show notes below. But most of all, I just hope you enjoyed today's episode and you can take something from it and put it into action straight away. Hope you guys enjoy this interview. Chelsea, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Danny. I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. Now, after a few uh, mic difficulties, which is obviously always the way when you organise a uh, an interview for a specific time, um, I want to get the start the episode started by you telling us a little bit about why you changed your your path of your life, I guess, um, and ultimately went on to study psychology and become involved in the world of mindfulness and mental health. Um, at you know here at the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, I talk a lot about the importance of mental health and how we can kind of, I guess, kind of chip away at training our brains and, and also taking care of our mental health as well as our physical health. So yeah, what kind of led you down that path in the first place? Firstly, thanks so much, Danny, for turning up the noise here on mental health. It's obviously so passion, it's our passion sort of purpose as well with our company at EQ Minds. But the biggest thing I think for me that being an ex-corporate sort of general manager in my previous life um, and I used to live a pretty crazy lifestyle so I'd do you know 12 hour days Hendrix gin was kind of my vice so that's what I would take the edge off at the night of the stress so I'd (laughs) go drinking Hendrix Uh, in the morning I'd wake up I was an I was an athlete at the time so I was training for triathlons so I'd hit the pavement pretty hard in the morning and then I'd get, you know, the triple shot long black on the way to work. And then I'd do a 12-hour day. And to be honest, my lifestyle back there was my whole mentality with the way that I used to live in Bondi and Sydney was no pain, no gain. And I didn't know any other way. Everything that I did was really hard. Like I worked out hard, I worked hard, and I partied hard. So that sort of combination of things. And then 2015, we gave birth to our gorgeous little girl, Clara, And I suffered really severely postnatal depression to the point that I ended up in a hospital unit in Sydney fighting this massive suicidal battle. And that scared myself and my family so much. And it gave me such a, to be honest, a really beautiful insight of what it's like from a suicidal lens. And I've never, I had experienced, you know, mental health before that. So it gave me such empathy and, uh, and also like this passion around my brain going, wow, if that can happen to me, I wonder who else that could happen to. Yeah. And in that unit when I was kind of recovering and getting myself back, my psychiatrist at the time, who was just, she's such a legend. I don't see her unfortunately anymore. But uh, she, she was the one that said, you know, Charles, you'd be such a lovely clinical psychologist. And I thought, wow, okay, maybe I'll change my path. And maybe I had to go through this kind of mess to have a pivot in my life and then to truly understand for me what mental health meant and then also how do I stop anyone else going down the path that I went down and Mm. also just equipping them with really good tools so they're kind of thriving every day. I just, it was so painful, that darkness of my life. I just didn't want anyone else to ever experience what I 
went through. And, you know, I think you bring up a few really good topics. So firstly, you kind of mentioned that you hadn't really been through any mental health problems before. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I had, had no idea, you know, what it was or I was, yeah. I was pretty honest in that space. Yeah, and the other part is that, you know, burning the candle at both ends, which I think a lot of people listening do. Um, I know myself, I, I'm very much... Um, you know, very much like that. Uh, I'm constantly doing everything at 100%, and then you eventually get to the point where you're burning out. And obviously, in your um, case, it was a lot more severe. But um, I guess what I wanted to take away from that, and you can kind of touch on this, is the importance of not getting to the point where there has to be some significant event, as a you know, such as what happened with you, to actually take our mental health seriously and and get on top of it, get um you know get on the front foot early and train our brains just as we do with our um as our physical health as well. Absolutely, and that's what I hope no one goes through. You know, this breaking adversity to get through to the other side, and I think that's why we like. I just love my job. We see this year we saw seventy five thousand you know, corporate professionals, we do about 12 keynotes a week, training corporate people around how to make sure they're, you know, upskilling themselves in terms of their mental toolkit, and really focusing also on the four out of five people that haven't had a mental illness. So they actually don't experience one. So it's that whole thing around kind of changing your lens around mental health as well to more of a positive one. Mm. Uh, so people are like, we're, we're kind of equipping everyone um, with these kind of tools. That's awesome. And speaking of tools, and I guess uh, part of the reason that can affect our mental health, I think it, a big thing is sleep. Um, I definitely don't get anywhere near enough of it. And I think a lot of people listening probably don't either and probably don't even realize the importance of sleep. And there are a number of other factors that come into play, obviously, with mental health. But, um, you know, what importance do you put on sleep around mindfulness and mental health? And do you have any kind of tools, I guess, that the listeners can take away from today's episode and implement straight away to improve the quality of their sleep and um, in turn their mental health? Yeah, absolutely. Like as of tonight, there's hopefully we'll have a huge improvement so we know that there's definitely a strong correlation between sleep habits and burnout and some some really good quick tips to improve sleep as of tonight uh, is a couple of these so first of all if, if anyone's on their screen half an hour before bed PubMed is kind of where we go to in our research at university to look at double-blinded randomized clinical trials and so much trending research is coming through around looking at a screen half an hour before your bedtime. Mm. So from a brain perspective, what happens is that light will stimulate the back of your eyeballs, sends a message back there to your pineal gland. It tells it to stop producing melatonin straight away because it's still daylight. This is what the eyes are seeing and it's too dangerous to take them down to a deep NREM sleep. And it's really interesting because people will try and challenge you on that and say, that's that's crap love because I fall asleep, you know, watching a movie on the couch. That's usually yeah. my construction or plumbing industries that we're training. And, yeah. uh, and it's really interesting because then we show them, you know, A, we show them the research and then B, I'm huge into um, biofeedback and biohacking my body. So we always wear a lot of wearables. So I wear one called an aura ring and then the okay. second one's called a whoop device. I don't know. If you, have you tried them out, Danny, the whoop or the aura? I actually haven't tried either of them, no, no. Oh, this could be something really interesting for your training. Uh, so what, the, what they both do is track your REM stages of sleep at a deeper level. And what happens is, so the research is there definitely in PubMed, like all the clinical research is there. But then when you actually go and 
you know, manage your own body and measure it with data, what happens is so the, the Aura and the Whoop devices will actually track your REMs at a more granular level than, say, you know, your Fitbits. Okay. And what it will show, if you're on your screen half an hour before bed, the very next day you wake up, you're kind of more fatigued and tired, but then your REM data will show that your deep NREM sleep is nowhere near the 1.5 hours it needs to be to make you fully restored, make you really rejuvenated and bouncing out of your bed. And this is why so many Australians are getting enough sleep in terms of the quantity is there. So they might be sleeping for seven or eight hours, yep. but a lot of us have quality. So they wake up and go, I don't get it. I've been asleep for eight hours, but maybe I've got low iron or I don't have the same energy or something's going on with my recovery. And it's huge. So that that is probably my best hack. Like we get so many emails every week based off that hack. And for anyone listening, you don't even need to get yourself a fancy aura ring or whoop device. Just anecdotally check yourself. So tonight, half an hour before bed. So if you're a lark, you know, you, you love to go to bed early, you cancel on people who try and book in for dinner after nine o'clock. Uh, you love early bedtime. You love early get up time. You guys need to get off the screens at about nine o'clock. It sort of coincides with melatonin being produced in your brain and for our night hours. So the guys that like to sort of spend the, the night out um, or have a later dinner time and kind of like to sleep in on the weekends, that's usually a chronological night hour, we call them. Uh -huh. So they need to get screens at about 10.30. So they have a significant different, you know, uh, screen time. So, it, but they will notice. And then that half an hour before bed, you need a good pre-sleep routine. You know, things that aren't on the screens, and it's really interesting because when I train, you know, Uber or eBay or, you know, Dropbox or these younger organizations, they'll ask me, you know, Chels, what will I do if I don't have my screen? <laughs> and I say to them, okay, let's have some ideas here. Have a half an hour before bed, you have a hot shower, you brush your teeth, you can do a gentle stretch, you can meditate, you can journal, you can do some gratitude, you could talk to your partner if you have one. Like that'd be amazing. <laughs> Investing into your relationship. I would have thought. Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially with the divorce rates at one in two. That's always a good one to do. Um, you could have sex. You know, that's really, really good for sleep. And just avoid, you know, any type of screen or clock watching and stuff like that. So that 30-minute pre-sleep routine will really, really help. Uh, two, the next hack would be probably wearing less gear to bed. So a lot of Australians go to bed way too hot. So just taking a few of the layers of the clothes off, the reason being your body core temp and your brain core temp need to drop a couple of degrees Celsius. So a lot of Australians are going to bed way too hot. So we need them to cool down. Uh, if you want to go to the next extreme, uh, you can wear socks on your feet, like go nude and chuck some socks on your feet, uh, which is really attractive. <laughs> um, but that's just at the start of the night. And the reason why we give that little hack away is because the socks charm the blood away from the body core temp, which enables that to drop a couple of degrees Celsius because the blood will go to the feet and we call it a thermal deposit. So the blood goes out, the body core temp will drop and enable the body to go down into a nice deep and rem sleep. But before you do drift off, just kick your socks off. <laughs> uh, and ladies, don't worry. Don't, <laughs> if any women out there are thinking, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to go to bed nude with socks on. Um, that's okay. You can still wear, you know, a, a t-shirt and underwear. Just, uh, just don't wear the full flannelette pajamas, you know, to, to bed while you're going to sleep. You're just going to be way too hot. Um, and then some other really simple, easy hacks. Um, let's talk about alcohol because we love to drink in Australia. Uh, so again, the PubMed research shows us that if you drink more than two standard alcoholic drinks uh, before bed, so two hours before bed is the cutoff, your deep NREM goes. So during the week, 
you know, when you're training and when you're at work and if you're studying, you need your brain like thriving. You need to be productive. You need to be able to have your cardiovascular fitness at an all time high. We usually say, you know what, try and have a, a fair few alcohol free nights during the week. On the weekend, you're at a party or at a wedding or, you know, and you step over the two drink rule. We kind of say, just go for it, you know, just light yourself up because you're not <laughs> going to sleep <laughs> that well anyway. So you might as well. Light yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> um coffee so coffee we usually say um try and trim that back six hours before bed because of the uh half-life in caffeine uh the exercise we love exercise obviously danny you're you're a big exercise guy and i love exercise as well for mental health too not just the physical um but don't do it too close to bed again because your body core temp is going to be way too hot so those kind of tips will help with the the three key things for your bedroom it needs to be dark like block out curtains, an eye mask if you're traveling. Uh, we want that room like a bat cave. Two, it needs to be cool. So we want it to be in really cool temperature. I'm just trialing out this thing called an Orla and they've got chili pads as well, which take your mattress down to a really cool temp. So it drops your body core temp down so that so I don't have to use air conditioning and things like that. And then I just have the fresh air coming in from the window. And then we need it to be quiet. So if it's too noisy and you can hear white noise, you know, you can hear noise coming past your street in Melbourne or in Sydney, it's just too noisy outside, then try a white noise app. So you can get that even on your meditation apps like Calm or Headspace yeah. or just put it on some ocean waves or something like that just to drown out any type of noise that will pull you out of a deep sleep again. So I hope that helps. That's awesome. Uh, I think there's a lot there that people can, as I said, take away and action straight away tonight. Um, and for those who are listening, if you do try some of these out and you find that they do help, as I said at the start of today's episode, make sure you you post something up on your Instagram story and tag both of us and let us know. Um, I'm, I'm sure Chelsea would love to get some feedback as well. Now, kind of staying on the theme of, um, of sleep and the mental health side of things, how did you initially get into meditation? And I guess what was kind of the practices that you first trialed for those who are listening that have never meditated before. It's definitely something that I talk about a lot, but um, you know, a question I often get asked is, is where do I start? And that is a good question and I'm definitely not a, an expert on it. So coming from someone like yourself, where can people start their meditation journey? Yeah, great question. So where I started mine was actually in hospital at the psychiatric unit with the mums and bobs. And the reason being was my psychiatrist was very holistic in nature. And I was very much into sport back then. And I didn't realize the full benefits of meditation. And she showed me what would happen to my brain if I started meditating. And I was so convinced of the science then. So she started me on uh, just literally a guided meditation. At the time I was doing Headspace, which is just awesome. Mm. Uh, so finding someone's voice that you really like. So a couple of meditation apps like Headspace, Calm. My, If you find my voice relaxing and no stress at all if you don't because our following is mainly Americans, um, but we're on Insight Timer. So if you want to go there, we're there for free. Um, but finding someone's voice that you really like and start small. So just start, just think about your brain like your body. We've got to build that muscle up. So just start with three minutes a day for the first week, five minutes a day for the second week. 10 minutes a day for the third week, kind of 20 minutes a day is where all the clinical research is at. And the reason that I meditate every day, it's, it's really, Danny, I think, finding an intrinsic motivation for why you'd want to do it. You know, me and you are both super time poor. Why would we fit something in 
where we've got to now knock something else off off our very busy plate. Yeah. And when I look at the research, and I think if people realise this, they'll be like, wow, this should just be a part of our school education. So after eight weeks of consistently keep meditating, and the 20 minutes a day could literally be two 10-minute sessions. It doesn't have to be a full chunk. Your amygdala in the brain will kind of quieten down and it'll get a little bit smaller. So that's where stress sits. The hippocampal function where the memory is grows so you get a better memory and your prefrontal cortex which is where all your executive functioning sits at the front of the brain that also grows in size so you get all this neurogenesis new blood flow uh and it's honestly i I noticed a huge difference in my life so i now i'm the same with you danny i meditate every single day i look at really successful people and they all have a meditation practice and i'm like wow i always think about those kinds of things what do you know that i don't know you know i always look at successful people going why are you Right? Always. Why are you sitting in a sauna? Why are you <laughs> meditating? Yeah. Why are you fasting? What, you know, and I'm always looking into it going, let me go have a look at the research in PubMed. Okay, that's why. Uh, so I just think for people starting, start with a guided meditation, start small. And just remember like the body, you're not going to see results in the first day. You know, it takes a few months, right, of us consistently lifting for our, for our body to start to change shape. Same thing in the mind. You sit for three minutes the first meditation. You're not going to come out of it going, oh, I feel so calm and zen. <laughs> you know, it happen. But yeah. after two months, yeah, I can promise you, it's going to be like incomparable to how you have ever felt before in your whole life. So yeah, that's- I'm definitely a, um, an advocate for this. As, as for those that have listened to the show before, um, I've mentioned a number of times that even people that meet me now that don't know that I meditate would probably think that's the absolute, that I'd be the last person um to meditate and when i first started i was the same i was kind of in my head counting down how long was left until it was done but now Mm -hmm. it's um as i said a daily practice it's something that um, i absolutely swear by and it's made such a difference on my not only my mental health but my physical health as well and how well things have been going with business and and relationships and everything like that so um cannot speak more highly of that now i know um you are quite short on time so i don't want to hold you up too long i've just got a couple of questions i wanted to to finish on so in terms of de-stressing um obviously that you know stress plays a huge role in our mental health and high cortisol levels not only for our mental health but physical health as well i talk a lot about how it's extremely hard to lose body fat when your cortisol levels are high and you know, typically eating habits uh, become a lot poorer when you are stressed so what are some simple i guess um tactics that we can use from day to day aside from meditation that can help us kind of just slow down and me be more present in our day-to-day lives and and de-stress yeah that's a really good question and and the problem with you know a bit of stress is actually a really good thing right like it makes you driven and a go-getter you get things ticked off the list but the problem is is when it becomes chronic and it's like relentless and you're kind of burning out and our modern day world is that at the moment for for many of us it just does not stop like everything is super fast everything feels rushed there's never there's this always pressure to do more buy more be more you know and it comes from so many avenues this pressure social media the advertising tv even our own personal pressures and something has to give and it cannot be you you know and i'm a huge advocate on this you have to take care of yourself like self-care becomes like this discipline Mm -hmm. and it's not a selfish act so it's really important that 
moving forward and maybe it's a time where you might stop the podcast and journal down some ideas but how about you know setting some really good boundaries for yourself so if you are starting to feel stressed and the big thing is I always think about this because people are like I don't have time for self-care Chelsea and I say are you okay having a week where you're completely underperforming like at work or in the gym are you okay with that or having low energy or having a physical injury and like no and I'm like okay well then it's going to be you know it's not about what you know it's not what you believe but it's how you're behaving consistently so I think it's a really good time to you know if you want to stop the podcast and journal down some boundary ideas so there's absolutely zero confusion of what your framework for good energy looks like when you're starting to feel like you're burning out a little bit so you've got this you kind of go back to the basics so here's some ideas seven hours of sleep you just got to honor that sleep is like the elixir for everything so you got to make sure you banking really really good sleep we have a rule in our company there's no tech after nine o'clock or before 7 a.m we exercise around five times a week there's no alcohol for us midweek we meditate daily we eat whole food diets we spend time with really positive people so that's huge uh, there's a guy called Dr. Nicholas Christakis. He's a social psychologist. He's done about 30 years of research in this space. They're called emotional contagions. You can find him on TED. Like I think his TED Talk's got about 19 million hits. Okay. But the people you time with is like so, such a predictor, you know, for your well-being, for the way you turn up, for your behaviours, etc. So I think that's a really important one. So spending time with really positive, uplifting people, having a weekly massage, that's kind of just in my life these days. Uh, I say no to anything that does not excite me. So I, that's a really good boundary for me. I'm glad uh, you're on the podcast then. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> um, this is really interesting from a work perspective. We have 15-minute meetings. So whenever we meet up with CEOs or whenever I'm meeting up with new people, it's literally 15 minutes. That's it. We get in and we get out. We just do not have time to pad out a meeting for an hour. Uh, so, again, it, it gives us space to be able to take care of ourselves. Um, I do a flow hobby every week, so I surf every week. So finding a sport or hobby where your brain will literally recalibrate and you can't really think about anything while you're doing it, that's a really good flow sport or hobby. If you are single out there and you're a guy, I recommend taking up salsa dancing. Uh, two reasons why. One, you cross over the left and right hemisphere of your brain when you're doing it because you're in a flow state. Uh, you're also using a lot of coordination to do movements of both sides of the body. And B, there's absolutely no dudes, like none. So you'll clean up with the ladies down there. So hopefully that'll be... <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, yep, good, got that one. Sleep naked and go do salsa. Awesome. Uh, and then we have a sauna every week and I fast twice a week. So that's kind of what I do in terms of if I ever feel like, you know, and, and that's just consistency in our, in our lifestyle, just so I don't trigger myself for mental health because for me, Danny, it, it sits so thin underneath my skin. So I have to be so careful these days of how I behave so I don't trigger it because I just cannot go back to that dark place from a personal perspective, but also for my family. So I really honour honor my body these days, to be honest. That's awesome. And as I, I did mention at the start of the show, but um, I'd love to see if you agree with me here. It seems like the more and more I look into mental health, the more and more I speak to people like yourself, we just really need to start to take our mental health 
um, as serious, if not more serious than our physical health, because we ha all have no problem with trying to get to the gym four to five days per week, trying to eat healthy. And in our mind, that's all for the result of making sure we look good, feel good, that we're healthy. But like you've just said, it's, it's exactly the same with our mental health. If we're not continually topping it up, if we're not continually working on it and, and evolving, then the, the likelihood of it crashing is it's just going to continue to build and build and build. Oh, Danny, 100%. Yeah, without a doubt. And you even notice our elite athletes, right? They'll spend most of the time, they'll do a 50-50 split most of the time, physical and then mental training. And because of visualization and the power of having a really calm, focused mind. And it's just so important. And probably this last little one that I'll finish up on is around thinking about next year as we're going into 2020 or, you know, as you're moving through the next 12 months, try and take a scheduled holiday frequently. And because what we see in the corporate space is people just burn for 11 months. They take one month off over this Christmas period and they kind of get the flu on day two. So what we say is try and reverse that out. Like try from my company perspective at EQ Minds, we take a holiday every six weeks for a whole week. Our whole company goes off the grid. Awesome. And yeah, which is awesome. My, yeah, mm -hmm. my employees love it. Um, but, and if you're in a corporate company, you, you obviously can't do that every six weeks. So what we say is take a long weekend every six weeks. And the reason being behind the psychology of that is that you get serotonin released two weeks before your trip. Now, if you speak to anyone who's going on a holiday, how do they sound? You know, two weeks out, they're really chipper, right? Like they're right. really upbeat and you're yourself, mate, I don't have a holiday for, for about eight months. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what happens is you get that and constantly released you know every two weeks out you go on the trip you come back you might have a little bit of a post-holiday dip but then you've got another break coming up and you stay fresh like this good energy the whole way through the year That's and people awesome. always say that to me like chels have such good energy like how are you always bringing in such good energy and i'm like i have such consistent regular breaks where i'll go surfing for a week and it's always with my family or some good girlfriends or um so we can connect in we recharge our mental health we connect socially, we're off tech, so no one can find us, and then we come back. That's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's fantastic. And the more, and you know, a lot of people that'll be listening as well probably think to themselves, well, I don't get that many holidays with my job per year, but it could be something as simple as getting away for a weekend or um, even just having a day or two days, I'm sure, would be of benefit where you are just completely away from your phone and completely away from any of the outside yeah. stresses that usually get to you and just reset at the end of the week and then come back into the, the following week refreshed and recharged. Absolutely. Yeah. Even just having your phone off on a Sunday, you know, just having a tech-free day, it'll feel like it's two weeks for people who have never done that before. 100%. Um, look, Chelsea, I know you have to get going. So thank you so much for joining the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast today. I know I've taken um, a lot of value from today's show and I'm sure everybody listening um, has also taken a lot of way that they can implement straight away, which is awesome, which is what I love um, on this show. So a big thank you um, from myself and from everybody listening. Thank you, Danny. It's such a pleasure. Thanks so much and keep up your amazing work. Thanks so much, guys. If you have taken some value from today's show, please do take a screenshot of this episode and post it up on your Instagram story within the next couple of minutes and tag myself and tag Chelsea. I'll have her Instagram uh, handle in the show notes below. Thanks so much for tuning in and we cannot wait to talk to you again in next week's episode.